your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Thursday's edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast, June 3rd, 2021. Your boy Q. You could always find me on Twitter at your boy Q254. Definitely appreciate anyone who reaches out by way of Twitter. Of course, the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. That's always wide open like some old school TV antennas. Coming up on today's show, segment number three, you'll get those calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. Lots of good stuff to get to coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, the Raiders had another media day as far as their OTAs go the media was allowed to be there so your Vic Tafers your Vinny Bonsignors your Cassie Sotos your Heidi Fangs Tashawn Reeds all those cats that are right there Johnny on the spot and on the scene they were able to observe practice on a Wednesday and so uh, the Raiders had a few players made available to the media following the practices cornerback Trayvon Mullen wide receiver Henry Ruggs wide receiver Hunter Renfro and tight end Darren Waller they all met with the media following practice and so I got the media session breakdowns. Of course, I'm not going to play everything. It was about 30, 35 something minutes worth of media sessions, but I broke it down and I'm going to bring to you everything that stood out to me, Uh, especially with Trayvon Mullen talking about the defense, Henry Ruggs talking about himself, Hunter Renfro kind of being not the senior, but kind of a a veteran on the squad now, and Darren Waller being a big time captain and leader, just going to give some of his thoughts on the overall product that is the Raiders in OTAs right now. And uh, that's going to come up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day so let's go ahead and jump right into it so off top I want to talk about the Raiders and OTAs and the attendance or basically not really the attendance who wasn't in attendance to the OTAs and I think that that's really more significant I know the Raiders have been having a lot of really good turnouts a lot of the players the majority of the players have been showing up but Deshaun Reed from the Athletic he actually jotted down the players the exact players that he did not see out there at practice while he was observing on Wednesday and according to Deshaun they had 76 players out of the 89 on the squad. So 85% of the players were in attendance. And now they added a player on Wednesday. They added another tight end to the roster who's not really going to be a guy that's even going to make the squad. But he's just another body. So now they have 90. But uh, as of Wednesday, while they were at practicing... They only had 89, so 76 out of 89 showed up. So that's not bad at all. The guys who didn't show up, let's start with the defensive side of the ball because there's more guys on defense that didn't show up, which, of course, is the side of the ball that everybody's paying attention to because that defense has got to get better under Gus Bradley this year if the Raiders want to have hopes to make the playoffs like everyone, including myself, is expecting them to do. So the defensive players who did not show up or Tashaun didn't see, Cornerback Nevin Lawson, Mr. Suspendo. He's always suspended, but either way, he wasn't there. Cornerback Isaiah Johnson. Kind of surprised me that he wasn't there because, again, this is going to be a big year for him. He hasn't proven that he's actually got a legit spot on the team, so to see that he wasn't there is kind of surprising. But, okay, it's still voluntary OTAs, even though, you know, OTAs and voluntary are really not two words that go together in the NFL, even though that's what it's called by the CBA. Defensive back Rashawn Golden, okay, he wasn't there. Linebacker Divine Diablo wasn't there. He doesn't have a contract yet. Linebacker James Onawalu, he wasn't there. Defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins, talked about him on Wednesday's show. He wasn't there. Defensive end Yannick Ngakwe wasn't there. Defensive end Kendall Vickers. Defensive tackle Quentin Jefferson. And cornerback Damon Arnett was not there either. So, uh, kind of a laundry list of guys. The majority of the guys, like I mentioned, come by the defensive side. I would have loved to have seen Damon Arnett be there. 
Isaiah Johnson, like I mentioned, I think he should be there. Uh, but the other guys, you know, Hankins and Gakwe, Vickers, Jefferson, those guys probably should be there just because, you know, they're new to the team. But uh, all in all, they're veterans, and I think that they'll be okay that they're not there. So that's the defensive players that weren't in attendance on uh, Wednesday. Offensive side of the ball, no Zay Jones, no running back Josh Jacobs, and no center Eric Magnuson. I don't know why Josh Jacobs isn't showing up. That's kind of surprising. He's a dude who works his tail off, so maybe he just has his own little workout regimen that he does, and he's not worried about being out there. The one thing I'll say for running backs, it's not a whole lot that they could do, and you can't really see a whole lot from running backs, at least early in the OTAs, but still, it'd be nice as he's a leader of the team for him to be out there. Wide receiver Zay Jones, not sure why he's not out there. He's a guy that regularly was in the park there in Vegas, so maybe he's just you know on vacation, or I don't know what he's doing, but he's not there, so it is what it is. But only three guys on the, on the offensive side of the ball did not show up out of the 89, so still not bad. 76 players, 85% showed up. Really good attendance for the Raiders. Now, I mentioned following practice that the Raiders did sign another tight end, Again, a guy that I don't expect to do anything for the team. Alex Ellis, he's a veteran. Uh, he's just going to be another body. He's a 90th person. He's a guy that's going to go in there and take some reps from some people just to allow them to get through these reps and not wear anybody out and use somebody too much. Uh, I would not look into that at all. I know some people goofed on it on Twitter. Of course, John Gruden signed another tight end. Why wouldn't he? He always is going to sign a tight end. I would not even think twice about it. Uh, that's why I didn't lead off with that story because it's not really a story. But Alex Ellis, just for the record, has been signed by the Raiders as of Wednesday evening. Now, I've talked about the fact that the Raiders players met with the media following OTAs on Wednesday, and one of the guys was Henry Ruggs, another guy was Hunter Renfro. One of the things that Hunter Renfro brought up during the media session was how much Henry Ruggs actually did for the team as far as opening the offense up. So before I get into this little stat real quick, I want you to hear what Hunter Renfro had to say about Henry Ruggs and what he brought to the table for the Raiders his rookie year. Yeah, no, I think Henry's a great player. Um, I thought that last year, I mean, y'all didn't get to see all the things that he did um, you know, for everyone else, opening up the field for everyone else. What he's doing, you can't put a stat on. And what he did last year, you can't put a stat on. And that's kind of how we're trying to be as an offense. You know, it doesn't matter who has the yards, who has the catches, um, who has the touchdowns. We're one unit. And the best teams I've been on um, are exactly that. You know, you hear outside noise and, and that sort of deal. You know, get to week eight and you don't have that many yards, that many catches. Um, but the good teams and great teams that I've been on, um, it doesn't matter because you're uh, you're all going for the same goal. But Henry's been good, and, and I, you know, people ask me this offseason how Henry has been and things like that. And um, honestly, he's a great player in practice, and it's not it's not one thing where you know he's out there goofing around in practice and um, and, and kind of not getting better. But he he really is getting better every single day. And I see it every day. Um, same with Brian. So um, I'm excited about watching them too this year. Um and, you know, win a bunch of games. So there's wide receiver Hunter Renfro talking about Henry Ruggs and talking about what he does for the offense that don't show up on stats. Well, there is a stat that shows up about what Henry Ruggs does without even the ball in his hands. And look, I'm a firm believer in the Raiders didn't draft him number 12 overall in the first round to be a big-time decoy and open up the offense for everybody else. I know that it helps. That's part of it. But that's not the whole shebang. I mean, they want some production from him. They want numbers. They want him to score touchdowns. They want him to catch balls. They want 
him to put up yards. They want him to be a playmaker with all that speed he has. But to his credit and to Hunter Redfro's credit for what he's saying about opening up the offense, uh, Josh DeBow from the AP, who a lot of Raider fans don't like, but he always puts out some numbers. Most of the time they're negative for the Raiders, but he put out a stat saying the Raiders averaged 7.77 yards per pass play with rugs on the field last year compared to 7.25 when he wasn't. And someone said, well, is that .5 really a whole lot? And he actually said, yeah, it was the biggest gap of any of the Raiders regular receivers slash tight ends uh, on the team. So uh, there's a difference right there in the passing game that Henry Ruggs kind of provides when he's on the field as opposed to when he's not. In the running game, the Raiders averaged 4.52 yards per carry with him on the field and only 4.20 yards per carry without him on the field. So again, I mean, it's not a huge difference. It's comparable. The numbers are comparable, but you can see Ruggs is not on the field. Then the production and the attempts per play is less. So he does provide something, but I'm not going to just use that as an excuse to say, well, that's what he's there for, because that's not. That's just part of it. This year, it's got to be about production. And you'll hear from Henry Ruggs coming up in segment number two as part of my media breakdown that I have uh, following OTAs on Wednesday. And my final little nugget I have for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. The Raiders are going to announce their parking situation at Allegiant Stadium today. Uh, Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review Journal, he put out a tweet saying on Thursday, which is today, the Raiders will announce Allegiant Stadium's parking and transportation program for the 2021 NFL season. Team President Mark Bedane, uh, RTCCO MJ Maynard, County Commish Michael Naft, and Luxar President Chuck Bowling are all expected to speak at the event. So uh, there'll be all the announcement and kind of the breakdown of how the parking situation is going to go at Allegiant Stadium for the 2021 season. So that is important for anyone who plans on going to the game, anyone who plans on driving to the game, and anyone who plans on tailgating at the games. That'll be definitely important, and whenever team president Mark Bedane speaks, it's always something that you want to pay attention to, because it always directly relates to the silver and black. So that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, players media session breakdown uh, following Wednesday's OTAs. Trayvon Mullen, Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. You'll hear a couple clips from each of those guys coming up next. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about a couple great sponsors here of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And the first one is Credit Karma. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchases, reimbursements on items up to $5,000. All you got to do is pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spending account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. You could be one as well. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Credit Karma Money. Progress starts here. So right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com dot com slash win money instant karma is sponsored by credit karma no purchase necessary exclusions and terms apply see rules banking services provided by mvb bank incorporated member fdic maximum balance and transfer limits apply that is credit karma 
I also want to tell you about rockauto.com. I've been telling you about them for a very, very long time. They are a family business. They've been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now. Shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they've got everything. They've got engine control parts, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. If you need carpet for your car, they got it. It doesn't matter if your car is a classic or a daily driver. Everything you need is just a few easy clicks away, and all the parts are delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com catalog is unique. It's super easy to navigate. Quickly check all the parts available for your vehicle. You choose the brands. You choose the specifications. And most importantly, you choose the prices you prefer. That's right. The prices at RockAuto.com are super low and the same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? There's no reason for that. Go to RockAuto.com right now. Check out all the parts available for your car or truck. While you're there, there's a box that said, how'd you hear about us? Right, Locked On Raiders podcast. That's how they know that I sent you and I'm doing my job. Great selection, great low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need, all at rockauto.com. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to get into some of the player media session breakdowns that I have. The players met with the media following Wednesday's OTAs. Cornerback Trayvon Mullen, wide receiver Henry Ruggs, wide receiver Hunter Renfro, and tight end Darren Waller. So I'm not going to play all of that. That'd be way too much. That'd be 30-something minutes just of media sessions, and I'm not going to do that to you. Some questions, great. Some questions, just kind of fluff. So I went through, and I found the ones that I thought were, you know, meaningful and and you would get something from it, and I want you to hear those right now. So you're going to hear from Trayvon Mullen, Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. So let's go ahead and just jump right into it. Uh, off top, Trayvon Mullen, the only defender that talked on Wednesday, uh, was asked why it was so important that a lot of guys show up to the OTAs. And remember, they had, what, 85%, according to Sean Reed, who was in attendance. So why is it so important that a lot of guys showed up? It's good that a lot of guys came to OTAs, uh, come together, uh, learn each other, learn the new teammates. Um, it was imperative because we got a new defense coordinator, a new defensive staff, a new system. Um, so really excited about that, um, being, having a chance to be around the guys, um, learn each other, learn the calls, be able to um, you know, have some camaraderie and so we can uh, be better than we were the uh, year before. So there's Trayvon Mullen talking about why it's important that a lot of guys showed up and talk about the new system, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I'll tell you, it sounds like Trayvon Mullen is way more comfortable in just being a pro. I remember when he got his first actual start in the league, and that was in 2019. That was that game against the Houston Texans. That was right after they had traded Gary on Conley. They felt comfortable with moving Trayvon Mullen into that starting job. I was there. I was in the locker room. We talked to Trayvon Mullen following the game, and he was just kind of not that comfortable talking to the media he was just kind of there you know a shy I don't want to say kid because he's a grown man but just kind of had that shy kid feel to him but man right there you can hear in his voice he just sounds like he's a lot more confident and knows what he's doing and expects some big things from himself in year three a very important year as he's got a four-year contract with the silver and black so of course learning a new scheme is something that all the defensive players are going to have to get used to so here's Trayvon Mullen on talking about how has it been adjusting and learning a new scheme for me I feel like the uh, it's going well uh, as a as a defensive group. We all coming together uh, step by step. Um, even with mistakes, you know we got to fix it. It's a new system. Uh, those things are going to happen. Uh, but I believe if we just continue to stay together, uh, be with each other, uh, play as a unit, um, and continue to grow, then we'll be fine. Um, 
I'm happy with the guys that we have here. Uh, I feel like we're going to grow and be something special. So you didn't expect him to come out and say that, oh, it's been terrible. We're not f figuring it out. <laughs> but, you know, it is good to hear that he feels like things are coming along pretty well. And even when they make mistakes, they just go back and correct it. And, uh, you know, he feels like they're going to be pretty special. So the final soundbite from Trayvon Mullen that I want you to hear is about the young guys. Is there a defensive dude or a couple defensive dudes that have stood out to him so far early in OTAs? Yeah, um, I'll say Nate. Nate Hobbs, uh, young guy. Um, I feel like he's going to be really talented. Uh, he practice hard. Um, he go through his drills really well. Um, I like the way he approach practice. Um, I feel like he's going to be a, a, a real good uh, player for us as long as he just uh, keep his mentality up and just keep going hard every day. Um, Trey is doing very well. I'm happy for him. I'm excited to see uh, how he, he's going to uh, transition um, to this system. Um, and the way he's approaching every day is like he's ready and prepared. So there's Trayvon Mullen right there talking about Nate Hobbs, rookie Nate Hobbs and Trayvon Merrick, two guys that I think have opportunities to be big-time players. Nate Hobbs, a man in that slot position. Of course, Trayvon Merrick in that safety position, the guy that I was talking about on Wednesday who I believe is going to have the most impact on the Raiders team as a rookie. We'll see if that shakes out, but good to hear that both of those guys are at least impressing the veterans early on. Again, it's only OTAs. You can't take a whole lot from it, but you at least could tell that they're uh, they're catching the eyes of the veterans there on the squad. Now flipping over to the offensive side of the ball, Henry Ruggs was up next to the podium, and uh, he talked about he added strength and weight, and so he was asked, well, adding that strength and weight this offseason, how is that going to help him the most this year as far as his game goes? I mean, I can, I can always develop in all areas, so, I mean, adding strength, adding, you know, versatility, you know, moving around, moving different positions, running different routes, you know, expanding my route tree, just doing doing different things, finding different ways to help the team out. You know, that's 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 pretty much me. So I'm, I'm open to all of it. And, you know, I'm excited going forward to, to learn and, and do new things for the team. Now, he had a pretty good media session. He was talking about the, his rookie year and that, you know, obviously he wants more from himself, but he's not worried about individual stats. He's just in, worried about contributing to the team and helping the team out. And, uh, you know, he wants to continue to get better and better each and every year. Uh, but one thing that stood out to me that uh, Henry Ruggs had to say was about how big it is for the guys that have the offseason workout program. I thought it was interesting with what he said because this comes with only experience. I mean, now that now that I'm here and I'm a part of it, I definitely feel like it's it's a necessity. I mean, just being around the guys, you know, building the chemistry and just being around the coaches and even getting just getting that hands-on work, it just just makes things, you know, that much easier and, you know, makes it make sense. So you could tell right there from his answer that he really didn't know how important it was last year. Well, they didn't have it last year, and as a rookie, he had no idea. But now that he's actually had a taste test, now that he's been there, done that, he knows how critical that is. So that's, I think, a good sign. I think that's a real positive sign for him moving forward. He's kind of learning the NFL is not college. You know, I mean, that everyone is a businessman out there. It is a big-time job. It's not, you know, again, it's not college. You're not on a scholarship you're out there playing and that again him not having OTAs last year had nothing to do with him that was all COVID but I don't think he realized how important it was until he actually was involved in it this year so that was a couple little sound bites from Henry Ruggs uh, you also heard from Hunter Renfro in segment number one talking about Henry Ruggs well he also talked about Brian Edwards a third round draft pick out of South Carolina he's a guy that I like a lot if he could stay healthy I think he could be a big time player for the Raiders but here's Hunter Renfro's thoughts on Brian Edwards on how he's looking yeah he's slowly been progressing um you know um since he's you know been off but uh he looks good he looks powerful that's the one thing I, I say about Brian he runs very powerful routes 
Um, he's powerful at you know, top of his break point. And then when he goes to catch the ball, he snatches it away. And uh, so, you know, he's just a baller. I I've known him since, you know, we were kids, and he's always been that way. And so hopefully, you know, he can stay healthy and have a great year this year. And y'all all and the rest of the uh, world can kind of see what I've, I've seen since a kid. Um, just an all-around baller. And, um, and, and he's really taken that next step to me personally, just seeing him you know, attack routes and attack DBs. So there's Hunter Renfro right there talking about Brian Edwards and everything he said that he likes about him is what I like about him. And that's what gets me excited about the potential of Brian Edwards because you see he's got strong hands. He's got size. He runs violently. But they also what he said is hopefully he can stay healthy. That is my big concern when it comes to Brian Edwards. It's always been a concern him staying healthy. If he could be healthy, he could be a big-time player for the Raiders. But, man, he's got to stay healthy, and that is the hardest part of the ball game. Look at Tyrell Williams. You know, the Raiders had to release him after a couple seasons. Why? Because he was never able to stay healthy. So if Edwards can, he could be a big-time player. So that's all I got for Hunter Renfro. Uh, the final guy you're going to hear from is tight end Darren Waller, and we'll start off with Darren Waller's thoughts on Henry Ruggs. I feel like Henry, it's tough when you uh – you know, you're in this game, and he has so many expectations of him from outside people, the media, the, I mean, anybody that's watching football, they have high expectations for him just for where he got drafted. And I feel like for him, um, if he can just get to a place where he just expects it from himself and go out there and performs just to, you know, prove to himself that he is the player that he is now and the player that he's going to become, uh, I feel like that will take, you know, a lot of weight off of his shoulders and allow him to just go out there and have fun. Um, you know, I used to worry about a whole lot of things, but if you make the game as simple as possible and just focus on your craft and just having fun with your teammates, uh, you can do a lot of great things. And I see Henry doing that, and uh, he's light out there. He has good personality, uh, and I'm excited about what I see from him. So I talked about growing up and being a leader, talking about Trayvon Mullen. How about the leadership right there at Darren Waller? You could tell he's not only looks the part on the field, but he's the, he's the part off the field. You know, and he's talking about a little deeper side of things when it comes to Henry Ruggs, talking about not listen, listening to outside noise, kind of just getting out there and, and not getting in your own head and just going out there and balling. And look, Henry Ruggs talked about that, and he said, hey, no one puts more pressure on me than me. So none of the outside noise matters. But still, you know that the outside noise matters. We all, I say it all the time. I don't care what nobody thinks, but we all care what people think. To a certain degree, we all do. And when we hear the noise and we hear too much of the noise, it tends to bother everybody. It doesn't matter uh, how, how mentally tough you are or not. It just happens. It's just a natural thing. So uh, I, I love the leadership and, and the, just like I said, the, the uh, accountability and the way that Darren Waller is taking on that role. I think it's really, really cool. And you can hear him maturing. How about Foster Moreau? He was the guy who didn't get a lot of burn in 2020. The Raiders had Jason Witten on the roster. So Darren Waller was asked about fellow tight end Foster Moreau. Foster, it looks um, I mean, his explosiveness just continues to increase every time, uh, you know, we come back together as a team, you know, just from working with him in the offseason and, you know, he's working hard just like with me, like he's even pushed, like, you know, pushing me with the way that he works and with the, you know, attention to detail that he's been working with this offseason and it's carrying over out here. Um, he looks a lot more fluid and it's just continuing on that path to being the player that I know that he can be and he can be, you know, of an extremely vital component to this offense and I can't wait to see to see him you know expand the routes that he runs and you know the the way that the offensive staff continues to challenge him because you know you can you can never have too many weapons and I feel like Foster you know 
can really show the world who he's capable of being this season and uh, can continue to build on top of that. So I'm really excited for him. I think Foster Moreau has a big opportunity this year. You know, after coming back from that torn ACL, yes, I know Jason Witten slowed down his growth in 2020. But again, Foster Moreau tore his ACL towards the end of 2019 season. So I thought that he wasn't going to get a whole lot of action in 2020 anyway. Uh, so that was one of the reasons why Jason Witten was brought in there. I still think Moreau could have contributed more than he did. But either way, they kind of gave him a redshirt year. So I do think this year is an opportunity for Foster Moreau. Year three in his career, he's already learned John Gruden's system. He could really go in there and be that one-two punch along with Darren Waller. Obviously, he'll be the number two punch. But I think that that could be a really good dynamic, two of the better tight ends in the league between Darren Waller and Foster Moreau. I just got a couple more sound bites I want you to hear real quick from Darren Waller. And uh, one of them is about the defensive side of the ball. Has there been any defensive players that has stood out to him so far in OTAs? Yeah, definitely. Um, Casey Hayward, uh, of course, he uh, just brings that leadership, that veteran presence, um, being in that system for a while, uh, being a multi-time pro bowler. Um, you know, when he's out there and he's speaking, you know, guys listen. And, uh, you know, it's just great to have him here. You know, I'm very impressed by the rookies. Uh, you know, uh, Trevon just... His he has a very calm nature about him. Uh, he doesn't really get too flustered or, you know, all over the place or, you know, out of control. He's, he seems very dialed in and uh, on top of what he's doing. Um, you know, it's great to have Carl Joseph back. You know, me and him are already back to getting extra, you know, one-on-one -on -one reps together after practice and just his demeanor and walkthroughs and drills and everything, just how serious he is about the game of football. Uh, I feel like that, you know, creates a sense of urgency on the defensive side. So, you know, those are guys I'm noticing, but, uh, you know, all the rookies, uh, I can I can see why they wanted to have them here and things that they're already doing that are making me like, okay, like these guys can really contribute. Uh, and, you know, I'm excited about everybody they've added. So Darren Waller ended that with basically saying everybody's looking good. And I really, I mean, I take that for, okay, that's cool, but also that's, that's team speak. But what stood out to me was talking about Casey Hayward. He's not the first guy to talk about Casey Hayward. Almost everybody has talked about how important Casey Hayward's been since he's been a member of the Silver and Black and his leadership that he's brought and how he's helping teach the young guys this Gus Bradley defense. I think that's really, really good. And then again, you hear another compliment about Trayvon Merrick. I think that that's great. Uh, yes, he's a very calm dude. Gary Patterson coaches him up well at TCU. So I think that, and I've said it multiple times, I think the Raiders got a real deal player in Trayvon Merrick, and I think he's going to become a fan favorite very, very quickly. My final little soundbite from Darren Waller following Wednesday's OTAs, he was asked, and I believe Vic Tafer asked him this question, does he think the offense could be better than it was last season and why? Yes, I believe so. Uh, I believe that, you know, the with especially just looking at first at uh, Henry and Brian and them taking the steps to toward being the players that we all know that they can be. Um, two very talented young guys that, you know, just need to continue to grind and continue to be on their processes in order to really see the success that they want to see. Um, I feel like the offensive line uh, is really going to be good this year. Uh, I know that, you know, a lot of guys have shifted, but, you know, just seeing how Andre James has taken control of the room and Colton uh, and how those guys are setting the high standard. And, uh, you know, with Denzel being here, Richie, you know, leading the way, going into year 17, I believe. So I really believe in the offensive line and what they're building. And, uh, yeah, I believe that, you know, we get Foster really comes into his own and shows who, us who he can be. And you got guys like John Brown, Willie, uh, you get Kenyon out there who's going to be 
incredibly explosive. So I, I like what we have this year. So there you go. Darren Waller talking about the offense. And yes, it could be improved in 2021. Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, two guys he pointed out. First round draft pick, third round draft pick. And then he talked about the offensive line. He also talked about Foster Moreau. But I found it interesting. He talked about the offensive line and thinks that it's going to be good this year. He likes the offensive line this year. Uh, Andre James, he singled him out. He talked about Richie Incognito, Denzel Good, talked about Colton Miller. I mean, man, he's really, you know, talking about this offensive line, which has been under a lot of questions, a lot of scrutiny when the Raiders kind of tore it down, got rid of uh, Rodney Hudson, got rid of Trent Brown, and got rid of Gabe Jackson and brought in, you know, the guys that they brought in. Are, is it going to be a better offensive line than it was and has been? Well, according to Darren Waller, he does believe so. So that's that's encouraging. Again, it's early June. It's only OTAs, but it's encouraging to hear from one of the leaders of the team in Darren Waller. So that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Little player media session breakdowns from Wednesday's OTAs. If you want to hear the whole meal deals with Trayvon Mullen, Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller, you can go to Raiders.com and just check it out. They've got them all right there. It's Like I said, it's almost 40 minutes worth of audio. Maybe you finish this podcast and you want to hear some more of just Raider talk or just Raiders in general. Go ahead and check it out on Raiders.com. Coming up Segment number three, your calls and texts straight off the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693 is the number. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sporting action. Baseball season, NBA. How much NBA did you watch last night? I watched a lot. NHL, UFC, MMA, it's all going on right now. Before the next pitch, the next basket, the next goal, the next knockout, the next home run, before any of that happens, head on over to betonline.ag on your laptop or your mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Get off the sidelines. Get into the game. The NBA playoff run. NHL playoff run. BetOnline.ag, you could be on a playoff run as well. Again, go to the website, use the mobile device or your laptop, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit as long as you use the promo code Locked On. That's BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number. Let's go ahead and start things off with a text from Luke. He's in the 503. He's saying, hey, Q, Luke from the 503, answering your question about the most impactful rookie this year. I agree with you that it will be Trayvon Merrick and that he'll win or be top three in defensive rookie of the year. I also want to say last year was like Jonathan Abrams rookie year. I think that Brian Edwards is going to have a huge year this year, which will be kind of like his rookie year as well. Anyway, I'm new to the podcast now for a few months, and I love what you bring. Raider Nation, just win, baby. That's from Luke in the 503, and I didn't realize Luke in the 503 is a new booty, so better late than never. Go ahead and sound that alarm one time. And Luke, definitely thank you for that uh, text, my man. I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, Trayvon Merrick, just because he's going to be a day one starter, in my opinion, because he's going to have control of that back end of the defense, because I think that Gus Bradley's going to set him up for success. And I know that he's been coached up well 
by Gary Patterson when he was at TCU. I think that that's going to be a big deal. Uh, Jonathan Abram, I think that this defense, if he's going to shine and be a really good player, this defense is going to help him be that guy. Uh, you heard me talk about Brian Edwards quite a bit so far on the show today. I like him as well. My biggest hangup with him is can he stay healthy? So uh, thank you for that. Appreciate you being new to the show and, and chiming in as well. So, uh, again, like I said, thank you. I really appreciate that. Next up, got a call from Raider Dot. He's calling in to talk about Corey Littleton and wants to share some info on him that he's calling a public service announcement. Here he is, Raider Dot out the 510. What's, uh, what's going on, Q? This is Raider Dot, top of the morning. I got a quick call. It's probably going to be my shortest call. But I'm, I'm going to send out a public service announcement. Everybody on like two, like two, three different podcasts, I heard people talking about Corey Littleton needs, needs to step up, this, this, this. I'm going to just make a public service announcement. You feel me? Maybe we all feel better. You feel me? He's not that good to begin with, okay? He was a product of what was around him in St. Louis, and he got a check. Stop expecting anything from him. You feel me? Just let it go. He's not him at all. He looked like a safety, skinny as as I know what. Like, let's not get anything. Let's not break our backs thinking about Corey Littleton. Like, once the team team realizes that, We'll be all right, but he's no. So, you know what I'm saying? That's all I got to say, because I just heard somebody call and say it on your show, and I heard two people say yesterday they expecting big things. from. I'm like, you know what? Let me get this out of here. But anywho, have a good day. I'm sick of it, but just keep a, the walk a thin line when it comes to him, because your, your feelings will be hurt. He was a product of Aaron Donald and what the hell was around him in St. Louis. Good day. There he goes. That's Raider Dot out the 510. Thank you for the call, my man. Appreciate the passion. And look, man, I get it. You know, I get it. Corey Littleton was a big disappointment uh, with the Raiders his his one year coming from the Rams. And look, he never played in St. Louis. And I'm sure that was just, you know, one of those things. People always mess up Oakland and Vegas all the time as well. He only played in L.A., but I get it. You know, and, and again, with Corey Littleton, the one thing I'll say about him in his career, he went from being an undrafted free agent a backup linebacker, mainly a special teams guy, and worked his way onto the field and found himself as a good fit there in L.A. Does he have a lot of weapons around him? Uh, Aaron Donald and everybody else? Absolutely. You're right about that. But he still had to go out there and perform, and he did. He was able to create a bunch of turnovers. He was able to get a bunch of tackles. I mean, he was a real deal linebacker. He's a guy that made a, a lot of other guys expendable. So I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that before we label him a bust and say he's not that good after he did work himself all the way up from being a special teams guy to being uh, one of the biggest free agents that was out there available when the Raiders went and made the move to go get him, let's see what he does under Gus Bradley's scheme. Better coaching, linebacker coaches, everybody. Let's see what he does there before we rush to judgment and say that he's just not that good because he could be a really good player. He's got speed. He's got ball skill abilities. Let's just see what he does with Gus Bradley. How about we, you know, give him a little bit of time, check it out, and then reassess the situation. I mean, again, and I'm not trying to make an excuse for him. I'm just saying that I think everyone on the defensive side of the ball was a liability under Paul Gunther and the coaches that were, you know, coaching him up then, just in my opinion. So uh, thank you so much for that, though. I do appreciate you. Next up, I got a text from Jake texting out of Dallas. He says, hey, Q, Jake from Dallas. How about Damon Arnett? His name has been very quiet this offseason. This is the first time we've seen him playing without a cast on his hand. I think he showed flashes of some pretty good football, especially in the KC game at our place last year. 
Obviously, he needs to get bigger and stay healthy, but I think he could be a huge part of this defense, particularly playing the nickel cornerback. Let me know what you think. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. That's from Jake in Dallas. And um, yeah, Damon Arnett is a guy I was excited about coming out of training camp. I don't think he played very good in that KC game at Allegiant Stadium. I was there. Uh, he blew a couple plays, especially late in the game. He was okay here and there, but he had some penalties. Uh, you know, I think Trayvon Mullen played really good in that game, uh, you know, at Allegiant Stadium. But I don't think that that uh, Damon Arnett was that good. I don't think he was ever 100% healthy last year, uh, like you mentioned, having that cast on his hand. Uh, he has an opportunity, man. They say in OTAs, and he wasn't there on Wednesday, but they say in OTAs he looks bigger, looks stronger, looks healthy. So as long as he can get coached up. The thing about him is he's been mainly a man-to-man defensive back, and he was playing in zone. And you can see last year he just looked lost. So if... The coaching staff can get him to not look lost and feel comfortable out there. He could be a heck of a player. But I do think having competition as well in camp this year and having camp is going to help him too. I would like to see him at all the OTAs. I know he was there early uh, like last week, but he wasn't there on Wednesday. So it would be nice to see him there uh, attending all the days. But either way you look at it, I think he's going to be better. And he is a player that I'm excited about. On Wednesday's show, I was talking about rookies. And Damon Arnett's not a rookie. So uh, that's why I didn't bring him up. But thank you for that text, man. I do appreciate you. And speaking of Wednesday's show, got a call from Craig. He's calling out of Montana. He's calling to respond to Wednesday's podcast as it has to do with Julio Jones and also the most impactful rookie. Here's Craig from Montana. Thank you. Just finished listening to the Wednesday show. A uh, couple, couple thoughts. So I'm with you on the Julio thing. Like, no way. I don't know how many times you got to tell people we need a first round pick when the draft is in Vegas, especially after everything that's happened. Like, I hope to God the Raiders choose a Hall of Famer next year, at least, well, at least a pro ball player. And then when it comes to the most impactful rookie, you're spot on. If it's not Trayvon Morris, it's a problem because that defense is so bad about giving up the deep ball. And he's going to be the center fielder, and I know Gus Bradley's going to change a lot. Because his whole scheme is predicated on not giving up big plays. But if, if Trayvon Morrig is not the most impactful rookie, and that's nothing bad on Alex Otherwood, then there's a problem. Like, he either got injured or he is not what everybody thought, and there was a reason he dropped. Now, when it comes to Alex Otherwood, if he happens to transition into a guard, I don't mind that. Like, I understand it would be a failure on him being a tackle, but the Cowboys, I believe, drafted Zach Martin, number 14. And so if we can get him, and I know he's an all-pro, but I honestly think Alex Leatherwood is a is a better guard, right, a better right guard right now than Gabe Jackson. And I know that's saying a lot, but. He's just a mauler in the in the run game. He's more athletic. He can get to the second level. He fits the zone scheme. It's just he. I think he'd be a dominant guard. So I don't mind. I think whether or not he works at tackle, we got a starter on the offensive line for the next decade if they want to bring him back. But other than that, I want people to understand. Please do not give up next year's first for Julio. If the Raiders do that, we better win the Super Bowl. That's the only way I'll care about it. I don't care about giving up that pick. But I'm out, Q. Craig from Montana. Just win, baby. There he goes. That's Craig from Montana. Appreciate the call, my man. As far as Julio Jones goes, I think Atlanta's just trying to get folks to bite. 
and give them more than he's really worth. I don't think he's a first-round guy. I really don't even think he's a second-round guy, but that's just me. Maybe he'll prove to be, but that's, again, that's me. As far as Trayvon Merrick, I definitely believe he's going to be the most impactful guy as a rookie. I think he's just going to have the most opportunity to make plays. I think Leatherwood's going to be a big-time player. I think he's going to help out that offensive line and solidify it as long as he can hold down that right tackle position. But uh, I think that Merrick is definitely going to have the time and the opportunity to make as many plays as possible. Now, if Leatherwood transitions the guard, it's not awful. You're right. But it's not what they selected him to be. They selected him to be their starting right tackle. So, therefore, it would definitely be a reach, and it would it would add to the conversation of he was drafted too high. You know what I mean? It would just add fuel to the fire if they have to do like they did with Robert Gallery back in the day when they had to find a position to make him fit in at. You know, they put him at the left tackle position, didn't work. Put him at the right tackle position, didn't work. Finally kicked him side to a right guard, and he finally held down that spot. But being the number two overall pick, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth what they, you know, could have had in, well, their very next pick, which could have been Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they went and got Robert Gallery because they thought that was a smart pick and he was going to hold it down, and he ended up having to switch positions multiple times before they found a spot that he was at least good at. Not great at, just good at. So that's my biggest thing. If they have to kick Leatherwood inside the guard, it's going to be a disappointment because that's not ultimately what they drafted him for. But thank you so much for your text, my man. Appreciate you. Thanks for all the calls and texts on today's show. That's all I got for you. Uh, coming up on today, tomorrow's show, we'll have more calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line. Also, got a special guest going to be joining the show on uh, tomorrow's show. It'll be Brantley Wiseman from the Draft Network. He put out a piece talking about the Raiders' number one wide receiver in 2021. Who is it? Are they on the roster? Are they not on the roster? I'll uh, have a conversation with Brantley. You'll hear it on tomorrow's show. Plus, we'll have more news and notes of the day. So until then, Raider Nation, as always, keep doing what you do. Love on your family. Take care of yourself. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.